If you're glad you saved this morning, just say amen. amen. I'm glad that uh, I don't regret at 15 years old accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't. Uh, I don't believe anybody with the right mind <laughs> would say that it was a regret to be saved the day that you were saved. Uh, I regret waiting. I regret running. And I regret not being saved before I was saved. Uh, but I truly, I vividly remember the morning that I was saved. Uh, in fact, uh, we've got a Gideon coming here in about uh, two weeks, I believe, three Sunday, third Sunday this month. And I was saved on a Gideon Sunday at our church. And uh, every time I hear of a Gideon coming, I get a little excited. That's uh, because I, I vividly remember the day that I accepted Christ. And, uh, you know, it didn't even take really the preached Word of God. The Gideon didn't preach that day, and they, they're not preachers normally. And uh, I just had to hear about Jesus and His works, and I was convicted. And it took one extra step that morning. The Gideon called me out. As I was going out the door, he asked me if I was saved. And I lied to him. I said, yes, I'm saved. And he said, excuse me. I remember that. <laughs> Cut me all the way deep down in my core to my heart. He asked me, he said, excuse me? And I said, no, I'm not saved. And he said, do you want to be right now? <laughs> of course I wanted to be saved. Praise the Lord, I accepted Christ going out the doors at Muscadine Baptist Church in Muscadine, Alabama at 15 years old. And I remember going to church uh, to school the next day. We had football practice. And, you know, I, I had a, a guy sit next to me. He said, Stoney, what did you do this weekend? I said, I got saved. And I, I remember having a, a, face, a look on his face that he didn't understand what I got. He didn't understand. When I said I got saved this weekend, he probably was out having fun and partying and riding around acting crazy. And I said I got saved, and he didn't know how to take that. I, I remember his face. I remember the weekend that I got saved. I don't know exactly the day. I wrote it down in a little Gideon Bible that the Gideon gave to me, but I haven't looked at it. I don't memorize that day. I know when I got saved. I'm glad today that each and every one of you, if you've been saved by God's grace, you remember the day you accepted Him into your heart. It's a day you won't forget. I won't forget the day I got married. I won't forget the day that my children were born. I, don't, I won't forget a lot of things, but I will not forget what I felt, and I will not forget that day that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, this morning will be in the book of uh, Genesis. The book of Genesis chapter 2, I figured we'd start with the beginning. Uh, I like to jump over in Genesis from time to time. I won't try to preach through the, the whole Bible to you this morning, but we'll, we'll, we'll go to Genesis chapter 2. We'll start with verse 16. And when you get to 2 verse 16, if you would please stand if you can this morning uh, to pay reverence for the reading of the Word of God. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse... 16. I'll let this young man come on in here. Brother, you just come on in. Take your seat. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. The Word of God says this, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, and of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You once again, Lord, for Your precious grace, for Your blood that was shed on us for Calvary, Lord. We 
I thank you for this inspired word, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that we can draw instruction from it. We pray, Lord, that uh, you can use this uh, uh, vessel, Lord Father, the sinful vessel, Lord Father, that we can come and, and preach the word of God into a way that's pleasing unto you. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for this community. Uh, Lord, I just pray right now that you'd hide us behind the cross and, and use us in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that hearts will be open. I pray that ears will be open. I, I pray that we'll be receptive, Lord Father, and, and pay attention to the warnings and, and give heed, Lord Father, to the things that You've shown us in your scripture this week. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. You can't be uh, uh, seated this morning. Now, in the book of Genesis, uh, uh, chapter 2, uh, most of us, uh, I pray to God, most of you know of the creation story. Uh, uh, we, we understand that the, the, the earth was formed and uh, uh, He created man, He created animals, He created the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea. Uh, uh, he created everything in existence. Now, if you go uh, uh, to the beginning of, of John, the first chapter, you'll understand that the, uh, the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word uh, became flesh. Now, to understand that is to understand that Jesus was there in the very beginning. You'll understand that there's Scripture that says, <coughs> excuse me, you'll understand that it says that Jesus created everything. Uh, it was by Him and it was for Him. So everything that we have, uh, here in this world was designed by a great architect named God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, it was all there in the beginning to fall all this together. And you'll understand after this that uh, uh, certain things came to be, uh, certain instructions were given. Uh, now praise God. There's over two or three hundred different laws in the Old Testament. A lot of people like to say, well, there's, uh, there's the Ten Commandments, and uh, yeah, there's Ten Commandments, but uh, you know, law, the law keeps going, and it keeps piling up, and there was quite an extensive uh, a list of laws to follow. Now, in the Garden of Eden, uh, it was before the law was ever given. It was for, uh, uh, before the Ten Commandments were ever carved out of that old stone. Uh, we had one law in that garden. Uh, Adam and Eve had one thing uh, uh, they couldn't do. Now, I, I, I don't know if y'all understand this or not, but I, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of like having one thing I, I ain't got to do. Uh, he didn't tell him not to talk nasty. He didn't tell him not to do all these other things. You know, He didn't have to worry about telling those things uh, because they didn't know of it. Uh, they were perfect created beings by God in that garden there, and they were designed to worship Him, to praise Him, and not do one thing. Uh, now, it goes in the Scripture here in, chapter, in verse 16, the Lord God commanded them... Uh, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. You can have everything in this garden. You can partake of it. You can eat it. You can do anything you want to. But of verse 17 it says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, I don't know if y'all realize something that I have been thinking of quite a bit here lately. Now, I'm 32 years old. And I'm considered by a lot to be a young man. I am. And I'm considered by a lot of uh, younger folks to be an old man. But that's fine. But either way, I've been thinking about something a lot here lately. And it scares me, and it should scare most of you if you got any common sense, I believe, is death. Now, I am afraid of death. I don't know about y'all, but I, 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 I'm, I'm afraid of the day that I die. I don't know how I'm going to go out. I don't know if it'll be in a car wreck driving down the road with my family and, and, and horrible things happen. We can see a car accidents every week where whole families are killed. A cars flip over in ravines and in rivers. And you say, Zach, why are you preaching such sad things? I, I want you to realize the seriousness of everything that we go on is death. I'm afraid of it. 
Uh, there was a storm came up Saturday. I got a little old place that we're trying to build down close to the creek, and uh, me and my little old boy were down there. I didn't even know that the storms were coming. Uh, uh, me and that little old boy was in that little building. It's half built. It ain't got one wall up. It's got braces up holding the thing uh, still. And the storm came yesterday, and I don't know if it hit storm hit you like it hit down there at that old uh, place down on the creek, but the wind came a-whooping. I don't know how fast it was going. Uh, the rain came down, and it, I tell you what, I, I started holding my son tight when that rain started coming. I didn't know if the structure was going to hold up for certain. And I got scared, and I grabbed my son, pulled him tight, and Daddy said, uh, uh, Jackson said, Daddy, you ain't got to be afraid. And I said, my goodness, I don't have to be afraid in so many ways. But I'm afraid. Now, I, I, I think that most of us can understand that we think we're bulletproof. <laughs> we think that we can uh, get through life and nothing will happen to us. I'm 32 years old, and when I got 16 and got a driver's license, uh, there is multiple instances that I probably should have died in that car acting a fool driving up and down the highway. And most of you can probably recollect the time that, my goodness, God had to be watching after me. And we think about life and just how sweet it is and just how wonderful God's creation is and how wonderful everything is around us, but you're going to die. We're all going to die. It says this in Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse 17 and, and verse 8 uh, verse through 19. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life, thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Boy, Lord have mercy, folks. Death is going to come. Now, it, it says a lot in this piece of Scripture, and I don't want to spend a lot of time here because we're going to jump somewhere else. But we need to understand something today, that we are going to die. Yep. And that's scary. In, in a certain sense, we don't know how we're going to go. We don't know if it's a stroke or if it's a disease or heart disease or cancer or, or, or an accident. We're going to die. And he goes to Adam here and he says certain things about what he's going to have to face. He said, cursed is the ground. Now we understand that we die because of sin. A sin is entered into the heart of man and has caused death to come upon us. And what happens to him? He, he took of the, uh, of the tree and we all know the story that Eve was deceived and Adam followed right after her and that's the message all of itself. But we need to also understand these little things that God told him. He said, cursed is the ground that she'll take a Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow thou shalt eat of all the days of thy life. Cursed is that ground. In sorrow, in labor, and in pain. Now the world is beautiful. The sun sunsets are beautiful. The sunrises are gorgeous. We have beautiful creeks and rivers to look at. I believe Alabama is one of the most beautiful states that you could possibly go to in this country. I do. We've got wonderful natural resources that you can see. You can go out in the woods and see wonderful things. And I want you to realize something. We can go out in those, <laughs> that old world that we live in, but we still got to live from that cursed ground. And no matter what we look at in the food chain, eventually something in that food chain started with eating something growing out of the ground. That's just how the food chain works. I don't know if y'all realize that. We're cursed to live off that old ground. That ground is what provides for you and for me to survive. Now in the Garden of Eden, God just provided. 
He gave them everything that they needed. There were trees growing to give them all the uh, sufficient nutrients they needed to eat and everything. But after that, it's as cursed as the ground. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Problems and issues is really what it's trying to say. Now, thorns and thistles is nice to think about. I hear a lot of people say, yeah, the more thorns and thistles we got growing up, that's because of sin. Well, I 100% believe that. We had sin and we got saw briars and we got lots of things to poke us and cut us. And we go out in the woods, we don't go very far. We get scratched up and bit by stuff and all kinds of problems. Uh, but the problems and issues don't start uh, just with the thorns and the thistles. Uh, uh, they go through our whole life. Uh, we're going to face problems uh, because of sin a lot of those problems will kill you. The ground's going to kill you because we're having to live here in this old world. Uh, this, this, everything that we're around is killing us. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return into the ground. For it was it was thus thou was taken. Sweat of thy face. You're going to have to work for everything you got now, Adam. Because of your sin, you're going to have to work you're going to have to work in this old cursed ground. You're going to have to go through hard times with those thorns and thistles because you've sinned, because you've had a hard time. You're not going to be given anything anymore. If you want to survive, you're going to have to go out and get it. He follows it up with, Dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. Boy, that's a reminder, folks. Uh, you created, I, was, I created you from a little bit of nothing, and eventually you're going to go back to nothing. Old caskets, I believe. A lot of them old caskets, you know, for adults, they're all the same size. That old grave is the same depth for the same person. You know, uh, we, we, we don't have anything different when we leave this old world. You know, old Adam, he was given this. He was given this curse, this in, instruction that he did after he took of the fruit. And over in 23 and 24, something happened. He says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden, from, of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man he placed at the east of the garden of Eden, cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So what did God do? He seen Adam. He took of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He put a curse upon the ground. He told him he was going to have to work. He told him it was going to be difficult to work. And then what did he do? He kicked him out of the garden of Eden and said, Have at it, boy. You done got what you deserve. Now, folks, today, I want you to realize we're all sinners just as Adam was, and we're getting what we deserve. In fact, we are getting much less than we deserve. I, I, God said, the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. He told them that he was going to die. And there's a lot of opinions of exactly what God meant. Uh, uh, but the scripture says, and I've done looked at the Hebrew and tried to understand it as much as I can. He said he was going to die. I'm talking about a death is what it's talking about. It is a physical death that this was, person was going to experience. And you know, about the easiest way, a lot of us like to stand on that old verse, a, a day unto the Lord is a thousand years. You know, uh, we like to stand on Psalms, I believe it's chapter 90. We like to stand on that little bit of an understanding. I like to say, well, he got to 930 years. Uh, he almost got a day unto the Lord. Uh, and I don't understand exactly what all God meant, but I know that after he took of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, he died later. He died. Now, each and every one of us is going to die. A lot of us got to be prepared for it. Now, a lot of us will prepare for death in a lot of different ways. I looked it up last night. I Googled it. I don't know if y'all use Google. I use Google for lots of stuff. I typed into Google. I said, how to prepare for death. 
I wanted to see what the world, because Google will tell you what the world will say. I typed in how to prepare for death. And I looked at the first about 20 different links, and none of them was nothing about God. Nothing was about Jesus. And I clicked the first one. It, it was by some kind of big a newspaper article somebody had wrote of the number one thing you should do. And it talked about the number one thing we should do as people if we want to get ready for death is to write a letter. Write a letter. Now, I don't know how much writing a letter is going to get you when you're dead, uh, but to prepare for death, it told you to write a letter. And to write that letter, you had to write a, You need to forgive all these people you've had problems with. Uh, and to write a letter, you need to tell people that you love, that you love them. In this letter, you need to make sure that you uh, don't write all the stuff that you have. In this letter, you need to do everything in this letter and uh, address your family and tell them that you love them, that you forgive them for stuff, and all those wonderful things. And I said, that's preparation? Number one thing that people do, I guarantee you, y'all do this. A lot of you do. I, I do it. You get life insurance. Now, ain't nothing wrong with life insurance, but that's how somebody prepares for death is to make sure that we've got life insurance. And we just want to be able to make sure that our family is taken care of in the case that we're in the hospital, in case we have an expensive bill, in case that we have certain debts that we haven't paid. We want to make sure those debts have been paid and taken care of. And that's how we prepare for death. Another way we prepare for death is we try to amass wealth. We try to amass as much things as we can. That way we say we can leave this to our family. We, we, we don't look at life insurance. We look at wealth that we've amassed. And we say, well, this will take care of any issues after I'm gone. And we, we do these certain things, but none of those things really prepare us for death. They prepare the people after us <laughs> for death. Y'all realize that? Most of the things that we do here in this world to prepare for death isn't for us. Now, another thing we do, and I'm, I'm 32 years old, and I've, re I've, I've realized, I took a picture last night of me and my wife. We went on a little old date, and we got us a hamburger. <laughs> oh, it was a hot date now, five guys, burgers, and fries. I took a picture of us, and I seen a big bald spot right here in my hair. I did. I seen, boy, I can see scalp. And I told my wife, I said, I don't know about this. I'm getting old. And that thing's been thinning out a lot over the years, but uh, it, I think it kicked up a notch here recently. My wife's back there laughing. That's fine. I realized that I'm not as young as I once was. I can't get around. I can't run like I used to be able to. I can't do the things. And I'm just 32, and I've realized that. But when we get older, we start to get health screenings. I done thought about some health screenings I need to have done. I said, yeah. I need to go to the doctor more often. Now, why in the world would I say to myself, I need to go to the doctor more often? I'm afraid of death. I don't want to die next week because I didn't catch something that I should have caught. I want to go to the doctor. Another thing that we do, and I'm heavily considering, and I've been needing to do it for a long time, I'm going to change my menu. The stuff I've been eating, I ain't doing that, Okay? I can tell by looking at my body that hey, the stuff I eat and how much I eat probably isn't going to make me last as long as I'd like for it to last. I, I'd like to see grandchildren, and I'd even like to see great-grandchildren. And we see as we get older, hey, I, I might need to change what I eat and how I eat. And that thing we do is we say, we might want to exercise. <laughs> 
We might want to get around and run. I ain't been in the gym in ooh, a long time. <laughs> I used to be in the gym and I got lost a bunch of weight and did some stuff. But I want you to know something, folks. As we get older, we think about things a little more important. We think about our life. We think about death. We even think about them at a young age. Young folks, you need to be thinking about death. I've had a lot of friends that's already dead. I'm only 32 years old. I've had friends that's died in car wrecks. I've had friends that's died of cancer. Friends that's died of sudden things that could not explain. I had a very good friend of mine. He was a preacher. He was helping somebody out at a church. I believe it was in Jacksonville, Alabama. Uh, they had a flat tire or something working on their car. And he went out there and jacked the car up, was working on it. And guess what happened? The jack slipped out from under the car and crushed him, killed him. Right there in the parking lot of a church. Now who would have thought that good, righteous man I, I would have died? helping somebody in the parking lot of a church. We do not know when we're going to die. I knew a man I used to work with. I had told that he had heart surgery. and He was up in, I don't know how old he was. He had gray hair. I, I, I don't know how old he was. He was older than me is all I can tell you. He had heart surgery. And I, I remember him coming into work and he would eat tofu. <laughs> and I tell you, if you eat tofu, I'm sorry. He'd come in with a big old cup of tofu he had cooked up the night before and had different strings of grass and it looked nasty. I'm telling you, church, it did not look good. He had that thing and eating it. He'd he, he eat it there with his fork and his spoon. And I, I asked him, I said, is that any good? He said, it ain't as good as what I used to eat. He said, but the doctors told me if I didn't eat this, I was going to die. And he ate that stuff. He lost about 100 pounds. He looked good. Good health. And he was happy. He was doing all the things of this world. He had eaten tofu. And I told him, I said, you know what? If I had the choice between dying and eating that, brother, I don't know which one I'd pick. Joking with him. Within three years, he died. He had cancer on his brain. Had nothing to do with his heart. Had nothing to do with the things going on in his life, the, the problems, the foods that he was eating. He could have had a T-bone steak the rest of his life. And he would have died at the same moment. We church, we need to realize just how serious death is. Death is serious. In Romans chapter 5 verse 12, there's a piece of scripture I'd like to read. In Romans 5 verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. It says very clearly, because Adam has sinned, sin has entered into the world, and sin has brought death into the world, and everybody is going to die because Adam died. We're all going to have to face death. Now, this isn't a rosy, nice message. It's not. I, I, I like to preach stuff that's got a little more oomph to it. Sometimes, but a lot of times we need to realize just how serious this life is. As we prepare for death, I like to think of something that's important. Now, if you Google how to prepare for death, I done told you it's going to say write a letter, uh, get insurance, uh, make sure you have this set up and that set up, make sure you have your will wrote out, uh, make sure that this is done and that is done. And I'll tell you, uh, those things will not prepare you for death. The only way that you can prepare for death is that you talk to somebody that has already faced death. Now, Zach, uh, who do we talk to <laughs> that has already faced death? Now, I can't find anybody. I don't, I'm not related to anybody 
that has faced death and has died. I, I don't know of anybody in my family that I, I don't know of anybody in the whole world that lives in this world that I can talk to that has faced death. Now a beautiful thing is, is I have a Savior that I already gave my testimony about that He has faced death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through 57, it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, it says, I am he that liveth, and was dead. I'll read that to you again. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive evermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Romans 14, 9 says, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. He's got the keys to death and hell. Uh, he has died and he has rose. Uh, he is alive forevermore. Praise the Lord. And what does it say? That he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Now if you can rejoice today and say, I'm saved, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, he has saved me from a place called hell. Uh, you have even more to rejoice about because when you die, praise the Lord, you are prepared uh, to meet your maker and go into a heavenly promised land. Uh, I have a king that has defeated at all and he has secured me because he loves me he's taken care of me because he loves me he has taken care of me and done all those things because he can because he has already died we have a supreme savior that went up on that old cross and died and rose again defeated that death defeated hell my goodness I have so much to rejoice about I do and as I said I am a fleshly man. I have fleshly desires. I have fleshly things that I want to do. I have fleshly things that I say. And sometimes I sin. Sometimes I fall short. And guess what? This so sinful preacher will also admit he is also afraid of death. I'm afraid of that. I don't want to die tomorrow. I don't. I want to see my kids grow up. I want, to get, I want to grow old with my wife. I want to see uh, people. I want to see people in my family get saved. I want to see. Uh, I want to see the day that my little old boy just runs down to the altar and gets saved by God's grace. I, I want to see uh, my dad have knee surgery in a couple weeks and just come out of it with a better knee than he's ever had before and just get around so good and do wonderful things and just totally get over that so quick. I, I want to see uh, my mom and my dad both just uh, continue to do well as they age and I want to see my, my kids and I want to see the church uh, uh, do certain things as we go on. And, but if I don't make it, I'm okay. Y'all know that. I don't know if y'all know that about me, but if I die... I'm okay. Now you can cry over me. You can cry over that old dead body. I, I want you to go. I want to go ahead and tell you. Don't come visit my grave because you're wasting time because I ain't there. I won't be in that old body that you laid down in that old graveyard. Don't worry about me once I'm gone. I am signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm okay. I'm glad that I've got hope and I've got security. I've got grace. I praise the Lord that He's given me that I have a home and glory one day. That room ain't going to be empty one day. <laughs> I'm going to be in that place where he goes and prepares a place. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, he goes and prepares a place, he comes again. And I don't know when he's going to come again, and I, I don't know if he'll come tomorrow, if he'll come in a thousand years, but praise the Lord, when I die, yeah. I might be fleshly afraid, but spiritually I'm all right. Yeah. We have things to rejoice about. We have things, boy, I tell you what, as a Christian, we have that sting of death that we do not 
we don't have that taste of no more. Doesn't sting as bad. The only thing I worry about is my family. The only thing I worry about is the people I know. Because I wish I could have witnessed a little longer to them. As a church, we are going to die. Nobody likes to hear that. 16-year-old Zach sure didn't like to hear that. I'm going to die. 32-year-old Zach, if I go to the doctor and he says, yeah, you're going to die, and I tell him, yeah, I know. <laughs> There's Scripture that tells me, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men, wants to die. We've got an appointment. We ain't going to be able to break it. We ain't going to be able to call in sick. We ain't going to be able to skip it. It is appointed unto men wants to die, but after this the judgment. We all have that appointment. Church today, it should be serious. The seriousness is, is you're going to die. I don't know when, I don't know how. You say, Zach, uh, you ain't no doctor. I'm not. <laughs> but I've got the great physician. I've got the Prince of Peace. I've got the Lord of Lords. I've got the great I Am. I've got the vine. I've got the, the door. I've got, I've got the one that created it all. He's on my side. He's got the keys to death and hell. Hey, he's on my side, folks. I don't have to worry about death anymore. I hope and I pray everybody assembled here this morning can say, I can face death and I'm not afraid. I can face death and I'm not afraid of where I'm going to go. Yeah, that's about the scariest thing I can think of is back when I was 15 years old, it hit me like a ton of bricks one day and said, if I die, I'm going to hell. If I die, I'm going to an awful place called hell, a place that is designed for uh, Satan and his angels, a place where it says the worm dieth not, a place that it says is eternal fire and torment. I, it's something I don't want to have to face. Praise Lord, I don't have to. I'm glad that God gave a free gift called grace on that old cross. Uh, he showed you that He loved you. He showed you a way out. He showed you a way to face death that you don't have fear any longer. I'm glad that that's that same Jesus that died for me that died for you. Yes, sir. Zach, you, you, you're preaching some crazy stuff this morning. I love a crazy Savior. He was crazy enough to come die for old sinner like me. Come on, bro. He had to be just as crazy as I am. He came and He just loved people. He came and He hugged people. He came and corrected people too. But I'm glad today that He gave me a peace. Church, it passes anything you get here on this earth. It passes all understanding, the Bible says. He has knowledge that is above our knowledge. He has thoughts that are way above our thoughts. I can't imagine a Savior that took out of the dust of the ground a formed man. That's the Savior that died for you. That's the Savior that loves you. And beyond all things that when I die, I'm going to get to meet Him. I'm going to get one day, it says in the book of Revelation, one of these days I'll get to cast a crown at His feet. Yeah. That old crown ain't worth nothing to me. That crown all belongs to Him. Yeah. I'm glad that He loved us so much that He laid down that life for me and for you. I ask you this morning, if you died going to home today, if you died here in this church house, if you died this week, if you died next month, if you died at any point in the, <laughs> in the coming future, where are you going to go? I have peace in knowing where I'm going. That's the love that passed all the things of this world. I have great peace. There's a seriousness about it. All of His goodness poured out on us because He loved us. You don't have to die and go to an awful place called hell. 
All he says is to call upon the name of the Lord, trust in Him, a turn from your wicked ways, and thou shalt be saved. Just come and trust Him, love Him, have faith in Him, and you'll have a home in glory. How much better proposition can you get anywhere else? You can get all the life insurance you want to, but after you die, that ain't for you. <laughs> you can get all the amassed wealth that you want to, but when you die, they don't send you deeds down to be buried with you. I heard a guy say one time, I heard a joke, they said that old fellow wanted to put all his money in his casket when he died. Put all my money in my casket when you bury me. When they buried him, his wife went out there and wrote him a check. <laughs> Stuck it in the casket. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you today. When you die, you die. You'll have to face your, your Savior. You'll have to face the man you told yes or no one day. As they get a verse of some song ready this morning, It's not, it doesn't have to be a scary thing, church. It doesn't have to be something that you say, Lord, I'm scared to death. I feel sick. I may be having some kind of disease. I may be having some kind of sickness. Lord, I, I may have something wrong with me that can't be cured as we stand together here this morning. You don't have to worry about death any longer. You can trust in the promises of a man that holds the keys to death and hell. Yes, sir. You know that old Satan don't even have the keys to his own house. Yes, sir. It's you that sends yourself there. It's you today that you say you don't want to accept Christ. And you turn your back on God. What page you got, sir? Page 65 as we...